Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Gateway Comics and Toys. Gateway is located at 2368 Plank Road in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our website is gatewaycomicsandtoys.com where you can find more information about our store, including hours, new releases, and specials for the week. Our social media is under Gateway Comics and Toys as well, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for uh, joining us for Lost in the Long Box. Um, I am Tommy. Our host, Randy, seems to be having some technical difficulties here because he's not a... Uh, it looks like he can't figure out how to turn off the mute. I, I was on mute, yes. Ah, yeah, ah, 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 ah. And works on computers every day. It's not exactly completely literate. Right. But, you so, know. Uh, my, my favorite line, if you've ever seen the movie Idiocracy, because um, it's like the, the dumbing down of the country in the future, um, the phrase is, we seem to be having some technological differences. Well, that's what I was having. <laughs> like you have right. Well, I started talking and Madman again yells, we're live. I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, so. <laughs> Gotta hit that um, mute button. Right. So, well, what, what was really aggravating for work, um, we had that Microsoft WebEx Teams meetings and oh, it, yeah. it double mutes you. So not only do I have to unmute this, but I have to go into the meeting on my laptop and unmute it because all the time my Microsoft rep is like, so Randy, what do you got for me this week? And I'll go unmute and I'll start talking. He's like, okay. And Randy's not muted yet. Unmuted. Like, I'm like, damn it. And so I have to go. And <laughs> so I was just sitting here looking at the camera as we're getting ready to go live. I like to look at the stuff in our backgrounds. And then I noticed, like in mine, you can see my She-Hulk number one there. You can see my mother box on that top shelf. You can see those two graded flashes I got. You can see those piles of uh, Injustice Year One, Volumes One through Five back there on that top shelf that I have to reread. And, and I love, if you look at Enos, he's got all those, uh, are those games or trades or what is that on this shelf? DVDs out there behind you? DVDs. Yeah, okay, cool. And one of your favorites. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> you knock out that Fargan wall. Knock out that Fargan wall. Knock out that Fargan wall. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we, we need to get together and watch it. So how is everybody's week? That's well, good so far. Can't good. complain. Yeah, good. Awesome. Uh, let's jump right into the news. Um, I apologize, guys. You're going to be seeing my profile because I'm going to be going back and forth here. Um, so did you guys see, and it actually started today, I think, at noon, and it goes until February 2nd at midnight. You can vote for the last two members of the X-Men. Strong guy. Uh, really? Oh, I'd I'd vote for strong guy. Make sure you go to marvel.com and vote for strong guy. Because half of these losers, I'm like, why? Okay, Ban Banshee, all right, maybe. Polaris, okay. Forge, sure. But 
the three of them, Boom Boom, Cannonball, and Sunspot. Aren't those the same character pretty much? Yeah, they were all members of the New Mutants at one point. Right. Yeah, and then, um, Cannonball and Sunspot were the charter members of the New Mutants. Right. I mean, I know they're different characters, obviously, but I mean, the, the power sets are not that big of a difference. Um, they remember then, strong guys out there. And then Tempo, who so, I don't who I don't remember, um, Morrow, Armor, and then this weird strong guy. I don't know who that loser is. Anybody know strong guy? He's strong. If Tommy likes him, it must be like another matter eater lad, you know. Like he, was that, else. he was the guy in X Factor who was really, really big and had a stretch, had a strip of white or gray hair at the top of his head and wore these funny looking glasses. The name says it all. He's a strong guy. <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. So get on, get on there to marvel.com and vote for him being the X-Men. Yeah. He is obviously the best character, head and shoulders above all the rest. Oh, my God, he is not. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm going to have to go Google him because I've read this list. And I'm like, I don't even know who the hell that is. Now, I'm assuming... He deserves a spot on the X-Men. I'm assuming that it's just the last two characters. It's not the whole rest of the team, right? Because who's no, it? Who's no, I think the rest of the team's already set up. You just get. I, I now see. I thought it was just the one character. So this being two characters is, is news to me. I didn't realize that was two. So in that case, vote for strong guy and banshee. Well, no, I don't think it is two. Um, I believe that it's uh, currently Cyclops and uh, Jean Grey, but I didn't say who else was was on the team. All, yeah, all I see is that um, January 27th through February 2nd. It doesn't actually say two people. Could be oh. two people. Who knows? But apparently they're going to be unveiled during the Hellfire Gala in June, whatever that is. I don't know so. what that means, but, you know, whatever. Uh, now, I did notice. a strong guy to take his victory. Did you see that they're also, they didn't add for another Heroes Reborn. Oh, um, God. Well, now, hang on. Uh in this version of it, there was no um, Steve Rogers. There was no Iron Man. So all the Avengers um, are not who, you, who we know them as. Now that could but, be but it's still the same villains. So like Juggernaut is still oh. out there. And it looks like Doom is still out there. But it's like, um, is it Hyperion? The guy with the uh, red and yellow costume and a cape and like the item symbol? Huh? Yeah, yeah that's uh, Hyperion. Right. So yeah. it's it's showing him as like the powerhouse behind the Avengers. So and, and the ad shows that in the ad uh, it says in this world, Iron Man was never stuck in a cave. Steve Rogers was never returned from World War Two. So looks like it might be interesting. That sounds like a good concept. I'd, I'd check that out. So, yeah, I'd check that out. Uh, anybody got any other news items? Uh, I was going to if I remember correctly, you were going to have me review the new DC Comics Infinite. Oh, app. yes, absolutely. All right. Yeah, I picked this up this week. I, you know, it's it's a pretty good app. You have two choices. You can either get uh, billed once all at once for $74 for a year or $7.99 a month. So clearly, if you can do it all at once, it's better to do it all at once. It will save you some money. Um, there is a lot in here. It is very uh, modern centric, though, I will say that, um, which should be no surprise. I mean, you know, I, I, you, you figure that it's going to be mostly modern. Um, they do have some good Golden Age stuff. Um, Action Comics has 456 books, for example. Um, but if you were looking at reading, say, the Jay Garrick Flash stuff, you add a lot because there's only one Jay Garrick comic, wow. which is wow, his first appearance. Man. 
Um, they do have some of the Justice Society stuff. There's two Alan Scott books, but that's it. So if your name is not Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman, it's kind of lacking in the Golden Age era. So, but you know, again, you know, it, it's brand new. It just hit the shelf, so I could I could see that. Um, you can go to the the page for for comics, and there's a sort and filter feature. If you use sort, you can do by A to Z, Z to A, you know, oldest to newest, newest to oldest, you know, whichever you want to do. Um, there's also a filter feature which allows you to look by errors, top characters, artists, writers, imprints, and date range. Um, when you hit something like writers, there's not a lot of writers there. There's only about maybe 12. Um, you know, there are some of the some of the better ones, but there again, it skews more modern. It doesn't have sequels right. or, or anything like that. I did notice when looking through this that Randy clearly greased some palms for this when it came out because one of those 12 writers is indeed Tom King. <laughs> so it appears that Randy must have slipped the, the designers of this a 50 or something like that to make sure to get, get Mr. King on there. Um, so because he is listed as one of those those 12 writers that you can easily look at. Um, you know, someday I'm going to be posting on Facebook that Tom King is coming to my house for dinner and he's going to be calling me saying, can I come? I'm going to be like, hell no. And I would expect nothing less from you, Randy. I would expect nothing less. Um, but I was kind of surprised with some of the content that they have in here um, because there are some company crossovers. There's crossovers with Archie and crossovers with Dark Horse in here. Like um, there's Harley and Poison Ivy meet Betty and Veronica. Um, also, there is Batman and Superman uh, versus Aliens and Predator. So I was kind of surprised by that. Um, yep. Another thing that surprised me is some of the stuff that was left out. Like um, Sandman is not in here. What? Well, neither is Fable. I'm assuming that must be a licensing issue. Uh, yeah, it's going to be Gilman. Well, because the Sandman show's coming out. Yeah, the rights to the stories might be locked up by Gaiman right now. Yeah, it very well could be. I mean, that's the only thing that I can I can think of because I can't for the life of me figure out how you would not have Sandman on this. I Fable, and I, Fable oh, go ahead. I may be able to understand. But Sandman is probably their most critically acclaimed title, so I'm kind of surprised. It's, it's probably going to be one of the things that will be coming. But by the way, speaking of Sandman, I don't know if you noticed, Olivia, there's uh, an article. They're going to start filming um, the Diner episode from the Sandman. Yeah, I think it was like, the first thing. Oh, wow. Okay. That was a little bit later getting... on in the series, I thought, too. Or they got a no, that's, pretty, that's actually pretty early. Okay, I thought that was well. I haven't read the series for a while, so I'm I'm probably out. Well, that. it's it's when he's still going back and getting the uh, the is it three the three uh, items of power that he had lost when he had been in in captivity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that was oh, it's going to be a powerful episode too. So. But there there is there is a lot here. I mean, there is definitely a lot here. I what I have so far I've read uh, Dark Knight's Metal. I I had not read that before, so I want to get caught up on that. Um, I am currently reading uh, Batman The Long Halloween, which so far has been absolutely fantastic. I don't know how why I've waited so long to read that. Oh, yeah, I'd need to read it's, that, too. It, it's, it's been great so far. Um, you know, the search function could use a little, little help. Like, you can go in, you can search by, you know, by title name, by artist name, by writer name. Like, if you search for your boy, Tom King, some of his stuff comes up, but not all of it. Like, Batman does not come up for some reason. So, I, hmm. I don't know why. Um, 
overall, I'd say this is, it's off to a good start. I'd get, currently give it a, a B plus, um, you know, taking off a few points because uh, of, you know, some of the, because we, I would like to see them get a little more of the older titles in here. I think Sandman needs to be in here. Um, could use a little work on the search engine. Yeah. The uh, obvious gaps that people are going to go looking for. Yeah, some stuff. That I, now, one thing I do like, though, um, as opposed to the Marvel Unlimited app that I find better with this one, is when you go to a comic, like, for example, if let's say you go to um, go, uh, go to the, the All-Star Squadron. That's one I looked at earlier. Everything is in there, like the ent- all the comics as well as the annuals. The, um, on the Marvel app, the annuals are listed separately. I hated that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you'd have like amazing Spider-Man and then amazing Spider-Man annual where the DC app doesn't do that. So it'll go deep all-star squadron one through 12 annual one, 13 through 24 annual two. And see, that was, that's critical. Remember, remember when we were growing up, one of the biggest things they did was every summer you got to three or four part blockbuster that was, you know, culminated in the annual. Um, so it was really aggravating when you'd read the Marvel app and you knew it had to be in the annual and it wasn't in the regular listing. You had to exit the title, go searching for the the annual listing. And, and then this, you had to, and then remember which annual it was. And this one, you do not have to do that because they're listed in order. You just set, you just set it up for chronological order and you're good to go. Um, this one also has a, a thing, a favorites tab that the, uh, that the Marvel one doesn't have that I like, where if you, if you like a series or a specific comic, you could hit the add button for you and it would be listed in your favorites. So it's easier to access. You don't have to go back and research, you know, research for it or anything like that. It's just, it's, so I like that. I mean, it's got a lot of good features. It's definitely worth, I would say it's definitely worth picking it up, especially if you like DC comics. So and it's only going to get better. I mean, it's, yeah. it, oh, is yeah. a, it is a revamp of the previous uh, app. So right. and you time goes on they're going to be adding more comics and they're going to you know re- be like you said be revamping stuff as far as the search engines and everything so it's only going to get better it's 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 worth it's definitely worth getting i would recommend it now did you say you're reading dark knight's metal i read dark knight's metal i've already finished it i'm now on to batman the long halloween all right so you talk was it the death metal or just the dark knights dark knights is the first one i've not read death metal yet okay because i just i actually went back and started reading death metal because olivia talked about the the huge um impact wonder woman has in that series and i had read like the, maybe the first three or four issues and i i got bored i'll admit it um but then when olivia said that about wonder woman i'm like well crap I guess i'll go back and reread them now so yeah i have most of those the individual <laughs> issues but i have not read them yet so yeah, I forgot that it starts off with Sergeant Rock basically breaking the fourth wall in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. I had because I did get started on the first one. I did not finish the first one, but I did get started on. So I remember that. Yeah, so. but yeah, yeah, definitely take take a look into it if you're a DC fan. It comes with a seven day free trial, so you get you know you're not billed for seven days. So it's definitely worth a look. Cool. Uh, anybody got anything else story wise news item? Well, yeah. Um... But I'm pretty sure you guys have all heard this. You know, HBO Max is is uh, they're still in the air, but they're talking about doing a sequel of sorts of the Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I'm and I don't know if they're going to be picking up where they left off with the uh, Gotham Knights, which was from 1997 to 2000, which gave us the Jason Todd Robin, um, which was I should say the Tim Drake Robin which was an amalgamation of uh, Tim Drake and Jason Todd. And we got, we saw Dick Grayson evolve into Nightwing and we saw a very powdery face Catwoman. And, um, or, or if they're going to do new designs or what, but um, 
the Batman animated series is currently being shown on HBO Max. So if you want to get caught up, that's the place to go. And um, the Future State um, um, storyline have taken upon a life of their own because there's a lot of talk about the Tim Fox Batman and um, also goings on with the Flash with Wally being at the center of this where the story is about how Barry failed to save Wally. So I'm going to, uh, let me please add the Flash to my list. And I'm going to start reading that because um, from what I saw in the news feed on that, the Flash is probably is is the uh, one of the future slate that nobody should be sleeping on right now. I think I got the first one. I'm going to be honest. Um, after after week two, I, I found my uh, attention span just waned with them. Uh, Although I will say the the future state Harley Quinn was actually a really good read, so I'm looking forward to right. book two of that. Um, right. It's very reminiscent of the Batman Curse of the White Knight presents Harley Quinn series. It's it's right. a lot like that one. Um, right. So, but yeah, I might now I'm going to have to go back and pick up the future states that I did I skipped this week and last week. Daggone it, Bobby! All right. And, uh, the super, uh, now, if I read this correctly. Uh, the two-hour premiere for Superman and Lois will be on February 26th, yes, I believe. That's, that's coming real soon, yeah. Yes, and uh, uh, I'm going to go on record. I wish they had kept his costume the way they did in Supergirl. I do not like that darn costume that he's in now. I actually kind of liked it better than this than the one in Supergirl. But, but remember, they had changed it in Supergirl a couple times, too. So the very yeah. first one I yeah. hated. With right. the gold buckle, the gold buckle, the cape right here. Gold buckle, yeah, they could have done without that. But uh, speaking of, of TV shows and stuff, has anybody but me here checked out WandaVision? Oh my! I have, God. I have not watched any of it yet. Um, I haven't watched it either. I've seen all three episodes, and I'm anxiously waiting Fridays. It's, it's, it's been very good. You guys need to check this out. This is actually. I'm waiting for all of them to come available, and then I just get them all at once. Yeah. Yeah, this is excellent. I'm really, I'm really digging it. Although, I am pleasantly surprised with how much I'm liking it. I've, I've had to avoid the interwebs every Saturday um, because people start throwing things about WandaVision, and I've already seen things like MODOK inter- you mentioned. I've been like, no! Close, close! <laughs> <laughs> was it, it's all very like subliminal. Like it's, it's very small Easter eggs. Nothing has really been revealed so far, so I have a feeling it's really going to pick up episode five, six... How many episodes are there? Cool. Eight in total. Eight or nine. I want to say there's. I want to say there's nine, but I'm not positive of that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, well, there's not much to spoil as of yet. I've well, got. I'm a... going to be getting me a smart TV uh, next month. So being I got internet at the house now, and I get Disney uh, Plus on with my Verizon account. Yeah, buddy, I will be watching that very, very soon. All right, all of you, shut up. I still don't have real internet yet. All right, let's move along. Hey, Elliot, do you guys have any staff picks for the week? We do. Um, so Future State Books, I know everybody knows that that's a big DC event right now. Like we just talked about, it's actually doing really well. Um, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised with how well some of the titles are. Um, Harley Quinn was great. The next Batman, which introduces a, a new Batman. Um, it sounds like everybody kind of knows who it is, but uh, it's almost a little bit of Lost you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. 
Um, Immortal Wonder Woman was my personal favorite, but everybody here knows that I love Wonder Woman, so I'm probably biased there. Um, Catwoman was great. I mean, really, it's it's a very interesting twist on all the characters. It's not a mess like Convergence was, so I think a oh, lot of our- <laughs> What a cluster Convergence it's really was. Oh. <laughs> well, and I do have to admit that when I read the first issue, the first two weeks, um, it wasn't like this whole different world, like who are all these people? There was solid ties back to the DC universe. Um, and all of the books were saying, after our hero stopped the great crisis, which by the way, that's a spoiler alert, everybody. If you didn't read Death Metal, you need to read Death Metal because all the future state books are telling you they take place right after that series. Um, yeah. All right, so I guess I'll go back tomorrow and get the ones I've only missed so so much uh, books three uh, weeks three and four, and since I'm not getting all of them, you still have most of them still. So yeah, the yeah. only that we don't have are next Batman and Dark Detective because those are the really highly sought after ones right now. All right, well, well damn it. Okay, because <laughs> those are the two that I didn't get. Um, well, but I'll, well, I'll, well, I know. Yeah, because like I think, because I think Olivia, what will you? You always take care of my Batman fix, so uh, the, 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 that's what I love about Olivia. She knows I'm, I'm a Batman <laughs> freak, and she takes care of my Bat, Batman fix. So, so I'm, I'm um, I'll I'll be in um probably be next Thursday. If All not, right. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to come up this weekend, but definitely I will be in the store next Thursday. So I'll hopefully see you and the Reverend Ed and uh, pick up pick up my stuff. You have got to go see the new store. Oh my God! Okay, so oh, I can't wait. That's it's it's, it's going to be huge. It, it is huge. All right, so uh, let's go right ahead in today's uh, topic, Tommy. This is one that Tommy brought up, and we're going to be talking about those 1990s characters. I love the um, 90s. And, and you know what? Here, here's the funny thing, Tommy. I know that when you suggested this, you were thinking of how horrible the 90s were and all the Rob Liefeld and the hip patches and whatnot, pouches. But a lot of great characters that are still with us came out of the 90s. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. There was some, there, you know what? The 90s had, had some awful stuff, but so, it didn't have its gems. I mean, there were some good things there. All right. Well, go ahead. Take one. All right. Well, we're going to start out with one of the most 90s characters that ever 90s, and that was... <laughs> And that was Images Youngblood coming to us in 1992. Speaking of Rob Liefeld, you can go ahead and check out the cover to uh, Youngblood 1. You see about eight characters there and not a foot to be seen. <laughs> uh, it was some of the, some interesting facts about it. This was the first Image comic publication. So it, it predates Spawn and Savage Dragon. I was not aware of that. I thought both of those came first, but they did not. Um, at the time of its release, it was the highest-selling uh, independent comic book published. So, you know, good for them. Well, um, now, hang on. It's not because the book was that great, and it's not because... Hell it, no. It's, it's because everybody was anticipating and, and on board for Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee and all of them starting Image. That's what sold that book. Right. It was yeah. panned by critics, as you could imagine, because... Yeah. It won't anybody who's read damn. this book knows that this was terrible just terrible and, and here's the kick in the butt they made an animated, <laughs> an animated movie on it i never i never saw the movie i can't yeah. see that but i imagine it probably wasn't that great but 
interesting enough, in, in an interview in Hero Illustrated number four, Lifefield did concede disappointment with the first four issues of it, calling the first issue a disaster. He, he did say that production problems as well as subpar scripting by collaborator Hank Callens, who he later terminated, resulted in the lower quality work. He, um, he basically talked about how when he was working with Fabian Nincenza on New Mutants, that it was better because Nincenza was a better was a better scripter. So, you know, it certainly wasn't Rob's fault, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, okay. And I, and I have a full head of hair. Played no role in, in um, the man can't draw feet, but he but he's gonna blame somebody be, for, for for not being able to know how to write. Get the hell out of here! You didn't trigger Enos. Clearly broken in order to be into in, in order to be in the poses that they're in, and you know pouches like there's no tomorrow, and guns that are you know my size. Exactly, and 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 I'm and I'm gonna go on record and say this. If people bought what Lyfield was putting out, my book is going to do fantastic. And I'm a complete, and I'll be the first one to tell anyone, I'm a complete novice. But, but, but if, if, you, if people will, will pay money, it, it's like every time I see Youngblood, I think about what Raphael said in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie when Casey Jones was fighting with him. And he grabbed the bat. He said, "A whole Zinkin <laughs> yeah, I hope bat. you didn't pay money for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said, "He said, a whole Zinkin Slicko bat." I have a copy of you didn't pay one, money not for this. Pay money for it. <laughs> but, but it, it is, it is. I have never read anything you have written in my entire life. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say whatever you write is probably going to be better than Youngblood number so, one. So, <laughs> you both, you all will be receiving buddy. that real soon. I so, have confidence in you, buddy, that it will be better than Young Blood number one. Oh, you better damn blood say believe it'll be better than Young Blood. I'm going to steal the show for just a moment here, since Enos had to go mention Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first movie. My favorite line is after the hand has been chopping up the floor in April's apartment. And I guess it's Raphael Donatello, whoever it is, looks up <laughs> and sees the other one's about to jump in. And he goes, and I got to do it with the head rub. Uh, guys, I don't think this is such a good time, structurally speaking, for your <laughs> friends to jump in right now. And, of course, they jump in and the floor caves in. So. And the, Michael Angelo. <laughs> it was Michael Angelo. <laughs> but you remember that scene where he looks up and you just oh, know this, this is not going to be. the father with the axe. And, and he said, I think, he said, oh, I think it's a good time to tell your friends, not structurally speaking, it's not a good idea to jump in on the floor. They're posted, uh-oh, boom. So, Olivia, give me your 80s, uh, 90s character. All right. So, I'm going more towards, like, the movie pop culture direction. So, I'm talking about Domino, Deadpool, and Cable, who, thanks to the MCU, are becoming more prominent characters. Um, yes. Deadpool's first appearance was in New Mutants 98 and 91. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What, what issue? New Mutants 98. We all know that that's not his first appearance. His first appearance is Gideon. What, what, one more time for me. What is his first appearance? No, it is. It, no, no, no. Mess, no. Rand, Randy's messing with me. Oh, Randy's okay. Picking on me, and it, it's well deserved. I was like, you're scaring me. I have to like Google it. No, no, no. It, no, you're it's 100 uh, right. I'm just. I, you're 100 right. Randy's picking. I have one on the wall back there. Like, oh, what does it sell for? Depends on the green. We actually have seven of them. Just uh, go ahead and tell him how much the highest one is. <laughs> Get it out of the way, and he can have it. The highest one we have, I think, was 
Bad Tommy. Bad Tommy. What he's getting at is many years ago, I talked a friend of mine out of buying New Mutants 98 for $75. And I told him it's because that comic's never going to be worth anything. It's way overproduced. You shouldn't waste your money on it. And now, like you said, you have a copy for $500. So he likes to give me a hard time about that every chance he gets. So. Yeah, that's bad advice. <laughs> All right, so... I thought it was good advice, and I would give it again back in the day. Not now. As as you were, Cable, Deadpool, and Domino. And Domino. Um, Domino's first appearance was, it's kind of debated. She was impersonated by Copycat in New Mutants 98 and 91. Um, X-Force number eight had a cameo appearance, which was in 92. But her first full appearance was in X-Force 11, which was in 92 as well. I actually and, remember that controversy, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it kind of goes back to the whole, like, what came first, which one's the actual first appearance of Wolverine, kind of, you know, Hulk 181. That's always going to be hugely debated, and at this point, it's just whatever. I like Tommy's answer. If I have 180, it's 180. (laughs) (laughs) What's one I have? What was it? Back Uh, in the day when I owned 181, it was 181. Um. Yeah, and Cable was introduced earlier than them in New Mutants 87, which came out in 19. He had kind of been sort of introduced in Uncanny X-Men back in 1986, but his first actual appearance as Cable was in 1990. See, I was going to ask if you were going to mention the Uncanny X-Men 201, because you see him as a baby. Yeah. I would say his his first appearance is eighty seven is eighty seven because I don't think anyone really cares about that one. Right. Well, and here's the thing: when they when they send the baby into the future, no one cared because he figured that was a dead plot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, it's one of those. Oh, like, but did we know? Right. Um, but so I actually want to talk about those characters for just a moment here too. Um, going back down to to Cable and Deadpool, um, Cable. I personally never could really get into Cable. The character was way, way too convoluted for me. Uh, did, did anyone else feel like I can't make heads or tails of this character because it's like his origin kept changing? Yeah, he's he was a pretty complicated character. I, I, I'm like you. I never really got into him. I was never a huge Deadpool fan either. But... Well, I, I'm sorry. Well, what I was going to say about Deadpool, or was your comment on Cable, Enos? My comment was on Cable. It All right, was go ahead. Just- it was just too difficult to get a hold on him because every time, every time you would see them go forward and have something solid with him, something would always flip and get, have you going back to one. So they never really stayed on any particular path. And I, I guess they were trying to keep up mystery, but I mean, it wound up hurting the character in the long run. I, I, yeah. just, couldn't, I just couldn't... You know how you get on, get attached to a character when you see when they have a solid storyline, solid origin, and then your continuity builds as you as you know as, as their longevity builds. That wasn't <coughs> the case with Cable because every time you turn around, he was involved in something that that made you say, "Huh?" <laughs> right? right. And like he did what? He's related to who? And he came from where? And, uh, right. and then you like, you know, I'm done with this. Yeah, it was it was entirely too hard to stay interested in Cable because every time you read the book, it's just like, um, I hate to say Mary Sue was a character, 
but that's kind of the feeling you're getting with, and it's like, oh, well, we'll just we'll re- retcon that and write something else. Yeah. So, but Olivia did mention a good point because all of those characters, uh, three of the most popular um, characters from the X Men universe, all came um, at the same time. But Deadpool, how many people remember um, that Deadpool did not start off as the the joking wall breaking fourth wall breaking character that he is now? Well, I don't think if you just watched the movies, you would ever know that because his character, like Ryan Reynolds' portrayal of him, is pretty much the only impersonation of uh, like Deadpool I can think of when it comes to like, I know reading those comics and everything, but I guess it's different because I obviously didn't grow up reading those comics when they came out and everything. My first impression came from reading the comics, yes, but reading like the mainstream more modern kind of raunchier comics that came along with all the Ryan Reynolds movies. And that's, that's my point. Exactly. A lot of the fans nowadays, and and God love them because Deadpool is a cool character. A lot of the people that love Deadpool love the guy who's turning all of a sudden to the panel and saying, did you see that coming? And he goes, well, you should have. I told you on page two I was going to do it type of stuff. But the Deadpool we originally got was a killer. He was, yeah. you know, hardcore, serious. It was no joking. He was every bit um, the, the Wade Wilson, the parody of Deathstroke the Terminator. He was a, he was a yeah. villain, wasn't he? he yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he was he was a deliberate ripoff. He wasn't he wasn't a similarity. He wasn't um okay reminiscent of he was a deliberate ripoff of Deathstroke. And, well, and Liefeld will even Liefeld's even gone on record said he was a parody. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. His name is Wade Wilson. I mean he has the same last name as Deathstroke. I mean right. Yeah. That's, now, I do, that's why I can't stay in Liefeld because I, I'm one of the. I'm, I'm a big Slade, um, Deathstroke Terminator fan since Teen Titans, New Teen Titans, back when I first started reading them in junior high. Because he's a he's a villain that looks like a superhero. And he's just uber cool. Now, did you? Uh, so I actually went back because I, I got to be honest, I couldn't remember all of Wade Wilson's origin, and this made my head spin. So this is how it actually reads um, from a resource that I looked up: that Wade Wilson was born as a normal person into a highly dysfunctional family in a small town in the state of Ohio. Okay, pretty standard. He ran away as a teenager and he bounced around the country all the while getting military training from various sources until he dedicated himself to become a missionary. Okay, standard standard fare. He kept changing his identity whenever something went wrong with the mission. I'm like, okay. He moved to Canada where he met a man by the name of Wade T. Wilson. <laughs> Since he was Wade W. Wilson, the name reminded him of his old self. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now you're just getting weird. Um, but yeah. then he also goes into what's basically the same version of the Weapon X program that created Wolverine um, and also got a healing factor. Uh, but again, it points out that the character didn't start as a jokester. He was a serious assassin, you know, like assassin mercenary for hire. Yep. Um, the, the irony is, I think it's his first miniseries when they changed it. And the first miniseries is what, maybe two or three years after New Mutants 98? I believe so, yeah. So it didn't go very long before they revamped or 180 the character, which is kind of sad because I, I liked him better as a serious villain. Enos, who you got? Well, one of the things the 90s gave us was we saw some major major status quo changes with a lot of the main characters. We saw, like say, for example, one of my favorite storylines, 
the um the the introduction of the Professor Hulk during Peter David's run on the Incredible Hulk, where we where we um in the late eighties we saw the return uh we saw Bruce Banner and the Hulk being merged together once again, and we got the Gray Hulk, which led to the Joe Fixit storyline. <laughs> I love Joe Fixit. <laughs> right, and that tur- and with Todd McFarlane's art, that turned out one of the most turned out to be one of the most critically acclaimed runs doing um Peter David's now get this twelve year run on the Hulk. In 1990, we saw the end of Joe Fixit. And we saw the return of the Green Hulk, but there was, but the um, Gray Hulk was still lingering around. And Doc Sampson enlisted the aid of, I think it was the X Men villain Ringmaster, who uses super hypnosis. And we came to discover that the Hulk was um, melting, not melting, was a combination of three personalities: Banner. The Gray Hulk and the Green Hulk. The, we learned that the Green Hulk was where, where, if you recall, the Green Hulk always spoke in third person, kind of like a child. He was very childlike. It was, it was, the, it was revealed that the Green Hulk was a representation of the repressed memories of the, uh, of the physical abuse that he received from his, that he and his mother received from his father, who ultimately murdered his mother. Joe Fixit was the more cunning, the one who didn't care anything. He would he would kick your buttons or ask questions later. And then you had Banner, who was in the middle of trying to fight fight with all these personalities. Doc Sampson melded all three together, and we got the Professor Hulk. We got the power of the Green Hulk. We've got the we got the cunning and devil may care of the Gray Hulk, and we have Banner's intellect which made him a force to be reckoned with while being completely calm. But one of the um, storylines when he became part of the Pantheon was during that time, AIDS was running rampant. And one of the main characters, in, well, one of the um, supporting characters in The Incredible Hulk, Jim Wilson, contracted AIDS. I'm still trying to find out how he contracted that, but there was a one standalone issue where Jim Wilson died and and Banner was put in the position of whether he was going to decide to give Jim a transfusion or not of it because the gamma radiation would, would have killed the HIV or full-blown AIDS virus. And he reluctantly he, he uh, tricked Jim into thinking that he got the transfusion, he didn't give him his blood because Bruce did not want another... Um, he didn't want another gen. <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. He, that was his very reasoning. He did not want another um, end result of, of his cousin Jen Walters, so he led um, Jim to believe that he had gotten his blood. Jim was telling him what he was going to do, and Jim just died. Um, goes quietly. But the book ends with Betty working in a suicide um, prevention area. There's a guy sitting on a in his car on a railroad track, and he's trying to um, and she's trying to talk him off of it, but to no avail. The, the, the train hits him, and um, 
that was one of the things that really stuck out because we saw the Hulk go from being Hulk smash, beauty human, and then we saw the Hulk evolve. But that also, that run also introduced us to a guy who should have been a bigger superstar than what he was, and that's Dale Keown, who did the artwork during that time. Right, yes. And who ironically wound up going to Image doing his own character, The Pit. Well, come on, half half of Marvel left to Image, so it's a wonder that Marvel stayed afloat after they left. Um, Tommy, who's your other 90s character? Um, well, we'll go with the next one I have on my list, and that is the Cajun himself, Remy LeBeau Gambit. Um, Olivia was talking earlier about you know the controversy with um, about the first appearance of Cable. This is another one that has controversy. Some people say his first appearance was X Men, Uncanny X Men Annual fourteen. Others say it was Uncanny X Men um, two sixty six. I'm going to go ahead and settle it for you right now, okay? Because you have the I annual. Own Uncanny X Men two sixty six. So okay. that is his true first appearance. Is that the one with him holding uh, little girl oh, storm? storm. Oh, oh, holding little storm. Yeah, he's a, so he he burst onto the scene then and and, and Uncanny X Men sixty six. He's known mostly for his affiliation with the uh, with the Rogues Guild, being a ladies' man and a thief, and his charged playing cards that he likes to throw at people. I don't know why, but for some reason that works. I, I don't I don't quite <laughs> get it. I. I, I I've tried throwing cards, and, and you know maybe the kinetic energy makes them a little heavier because I can't really throw them as, with as much well, accuracy what what he has. But for whatever reason, it works for me. I always I always did, like. Throwing didn't cards. they also show that he could charge anything? He chose cards because they were cheap, but he could get tons yeah. of them at, at one time. <laughs> he could, he could yeah. Get them easy, and apparently they were easy to throw. But he could charge anything. I mean, he could you know he could completely charge up a Buick if he wanted to. Right. I mean, Colossus would have to throw it. He couldn't do it. But oh, yeah. He could do that. Yeah, um, I, I seem to remember that was, uh, it didn't have to be cards. It just, they were fast. I could get a hold of them quick. Yeah, he could get a hold of them quick. They were cheap, and I, I think they were, and they were easy, and they were easy to use was his, was his main reasoning behind it. But he's a very popular character. I mean, one of the things that, that always surprised me about him is they kept trying to push him into his own ongoing series, and it, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. I don't know why, but it doesn't. You know, you have people that have called for a Gambit movie for years, you know, and, you know, Channing Tatum at one point was even associated with it. Right. But for whatever reason, they don't don't they don't buy the single issues. I I don't know why. I'm sorry, but Taylor Kitsch, who played Gambit and um, X-Men Origins Wolverine, was one of the bright spots in that movie. Well, he was about the only bright spot of that movie. Yeah, the only. Yeah. Yeah, but, he, but you are right. He did do a very he did do Gambit justice. I liked him as as Gambit. And, and I actually I don't. This, <coughs> so I actually don't remember that movie. It might have been that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was. So it wasn't good. It wasn't well. good. So. so I actually have one that I'm going to take. Um, mm-hmm. Now mine is actually tied to one that Tommy wanted to to mention as well, but I'm going to hold off on that one. Um, and mine is going to be um, the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. Um, oh yes. yeah, yes. This gentleman does premiere in the '90s. Um, we first see him in the third volume of the Green Lantern series in issue 48, and he becomes Green Lantern in issue 50 um, of that same series. Uh, and, and you know, this is one of our particular favorites because I personally feel of all the Green Lanterns out there, he is the most powerful. Not because of his willpower, because hands down. 
um, Hal Jordan has got your strongest will. But because as an artist, he can envision a construct from outside in and inside out and know exactly what it's supposed to be, you know? Uh, Plus, he also had the imagination to think of something that Hal Jordan, John Stewart, and um, Guy Gardner never would have. Yeah. So I, he, I was I was like you know um, I was like Kyle. I, I thought he was a great character. I I enjoyed him. Um, Kyle he, Kyle was that breath of fresh air because when they did the Emerald Twilight storyline, we got when Ron Mars and Daryl Banks shout out to Daryl if you're watching. Um. When they took over that character, they went complete 360. They didn't, like, try to make him have traits like Hal, Guy, John, or anyone else. And they made him his own character. He stepped into his own. And 27 years later, he's still going strong. And I I think that's great. Well, and remember, too, the thing that I really loved about that, it was at the end of the whole Doomsday storyline and destruction of Coast City, and the rings are all gone. There's one ring, and there's one guardian that's Ganthet. And normally, it used to be a Green Lantern would die, and the ring would go off searching for its uh, successor. That was not the case with this. Ganthet shows up, and he goes, you're the only one I can choose. Um, and you right. almost got the feeling that it was like it was a hurry situation. You need to take this ring type of deal. Right. And he was like, right. what do I do with this? And he goes, what you must. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I love the fact that he was it. You know, now that was obviously it was an attempt by DC to streamline that whole cosmic universe thing and, and trying to rein in um, the fact that the universe was just all over the place at that time. Right. But. I really liked, and Enos, I know you probably remember the storyline. Tommy, not so much. I don't know if you were reading it then. Remember when he got all the powers and became Ion? Yeah. Like the ultimate White Lantern? And you find yeah. out the entire time that he could re-spark the battery and bring them all back, and he was just kind of yeah. waiting for a reason to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that I'm, was... I'm reading at that time, but I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with what That was a great run, especially when you find out that his girlfriend, Jade is losing his losing her powers and right. she comments about how she's kind of missing it she kind of misses the power of flight that she she likes having it and Kyle's like well I can fix that and she's like what was just say the word because that's when you find out that he has really transcended all of the green lanterns you know yeah. he and that he's even said I can bring them back but it's going to cost me something to do so so I really loved the Kyle and green lantern and yes he premieres in the 90s and is one of those characters that just stuck with the sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what that's a great example you were talking about earlier, you know, about not all 90s characters were, were stunk. You know, Kyle Rayner is a great character. Right. I would like to see the Green Lantern movie, uh, whether it be a standalone Green Lantern or a Justice League, I'd like to see it be Kyle Rayner. Oh, yeah. And, and it would yeah. do well. Absolutely. It would do well. And, and, and that was, and, and, and I want to go on record as saying this. The Green Lantern movie was not bad. The only problem with it is that it was a movie that was like, tell me something I don't already know. Everything that we saw in that movie, um, for the most part, um, Randy, you and I knew about. They were, that was just to tell, they were telling, telling us something that we've already seen. They didn't go and bring, we didn't bring in John. They didn't bring in Guy. 
didn't even bring in the dick because truthfully, I would love to have seen um John, Guy, ha- um Kyle, and Alan Scott in that movie. The only, and I think they could have done that. Really, the only problem with Green Lantern, and, and, I, and I find actually two of them, obviously one is a CGI suit because it just oh doesn't God. work. But, and yeah. I will always say this, the other problem with that movie is you, Hal Jordan defeats Parallax too easily. The rest yeah. of the core don't show up until he needs help getting them off of Earth. And it should have been a much stronger, harder fight for him. So, yeah. Enos, another 90s character. Another 90s character that wound up going to um, a major status quo. Believe it or not, a lot of people are are very quick to um, say that it started with New 52. No, it didn't. Aquaman. Yeah, pull that back a little bit. There you go. How about that? Yep, that's better. Okay. As you can see, per this cover, this was the beginning of the evolution of Aquaman. Because since 1977, when um, they killed off Arthur Jr., Aquaman just basically floated, pardon the pun, through the DC Universe, <laughs> feeling sorry for himself and pining for Mira and the loss of his son. Peter David took over the character right after the um it was I can't remember what that miniseries was. Um I can't remember what that miniseries was. That's how forgettable it was. Time and Tide? No. But, um, okay. It was a miniseries that um brought Hal Jordan is uh parallax. Zero um zero hour. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Zero was hour. Good. I have that. I have that. Okay. After Zero Hour, just, um, just before the Zero Hour um, storyline kicked off, Peter David took over um, Aquaman, and he began the process where you saw him. It, was, it took place after the Time and Tide miniseries, and you see Aquaman sitting in, on a reef, looking like he's feeling sorry for himself. His hair's all grown out. He has a beard. He and Aqualad get into a fight. Aquaman is like bump this, and he knocks the living head. Um, he let Aqualad get the first punch. Aqualad was getting ready to swing on him again, and Aquaman knocked the tar. I'm talking about. He said, "That's the second time you tried to prove your point by um trying to hit me. Don't do that again." And he told him, "From now on, when I ask you something, the first word out your mouth is yes. The next word is sir." And from that point, you saw Aquaman starting to be built to be that badass. And then you see the second issue when he loses his hand. That was a very powerful scene. Yeah. And when you saw that, everyone's thinking, okay, he's an Atlantean. He should be able to grow. He should be able to regenerate. And come to find out, Carbidris took his took his aquatic telepathy ability, or so we thought, and so this laid the groundwork for the hook and eventually the um, cybernetic hand that he could use his mental abilities to morph um, his hand into any weapon of choice. And we saw him. Um, this was the groundwork for Aquaman for 
um, Aquaman starting to feel sorry for himself and Aquaman being a legitimate comic character that no one laughed at anymore. Yep, I will give it to you. So, Tommy, I actually want to discuss this last one you have here. Yep. Um, and I'm, talk- and I'm talking about uh, Doomsday. Yes. Because nice. uh, go, go ahead, touch on Doomsday, and then I'll tell you what else we got from that, too, that um, is out there. So first appearing in Superman, the Man of Steel, full, first full appearance, Superman, the Man of Steel, 18. He had a cameo in 17. I believe that was just his fist, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Doomsday <clears throat> plays a very important role because he was the character to murder Superman. Uh, he's a character from prehistoric Krypton where he was put through all kinds of torture and made to evolve over and over again to where he became this big, honking mass of strength that came to Earth and ultimately beat Superman to death during the well, death. Literally. Uh, well, back up. The Kryptonians created him to fight their war against their enemy. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, they realized that, now how do we shut him off? And they couldn't. Right. So what they did is they encased him and banished him to Earth and was like, get him out of here. He's not our problem. <laughs> now, 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 in their defense, Earth was uninhabited at the time. They didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and remember, there's this point where it's when, I think it's when he fought the Justice League. He beat them with one hand tied behind his back. Yeah, but he did. Still, still, still partly in his green suit. He's still partly in the green suit, and he beat the entire Justice League with one hand tied behind his back. Yeah, but okay, come on now. It was the B-listers. Okay, yeah. They had a Green Lantern. Right. They had Booster Gold. And they right. had and, and Martian Manhunter masquerading as Bloodwind. Martian Manhunter. So it was, that wasn't a bad team. Because remember, uh, Booster Gold's the one who names them. Because mm-hmm. he yeah. says, I, I tell you, Superman, it's like Doomsday's arrived. So, uh, so but yeah, the very re- important character through the 90s, and one that's you know still around to this, like you said, still around to this day, making major impact when he shows up, because well, he's just brutal. Well, here's what, here's what we get out of that, okay? So everybody thinks about the whole death of Superman and the whole storyline, but you have to remember, not only did we get Doomsday out of this, we got the cyborg Superman out of this. Yes, we did. Who was another major villain in DC for years and years. Um, we also got Connell, uh, the Superboy clone, who becomes his own hero in a long time, is a huge member of Teen Titans for a long time. He's still around. In fact, it just recently in Rebirth Superman, he shows up uh, with the, under the, the Bendis run. Mm-hmm. Um, also out of this, even though it's not totally related, and I touched on it, we get parallax out of this. Yep, from the Coast um, City store, from that uh, right, which was destroyed by Cyborg Superman and Mongol. This yep. was yeah, this was a huge storyline. This whole thing it, it really set up DC for many years to come. After and that. and and pretty much all the characters out of it are still with us, and they're all very important. And I think yep. I do I do think that Hank Henshaw is probably a bit underutilized, though. I think we should probably ignore oh. him. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, Superman probably should. I I think he probably deserves a better name than Cyborg Superman. But you know, right. Well, and uh, they also deserve a better uh, version of that on TV than what we got in the Supergirl series. But we won't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, two other characters that came out of the '90s that um, are fan favorites, obviously the Bart Allen Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, who's, who shows up as uh, Impulse? Oh, actually, I forgot. I got one more. Um, our famous 
uh, I won't say favorite Batman villain, but definitely one of the more well-knowns, Bane. Yeah. Bane comes out of the 90s because remember the whole breaking of Batman's bat comes after the whole death of Superman storyline. Nightfall. Yep. yep. And the one that all of us um, have, we love this character, but have totally forgotten this is their era from Batman 475. Who knows? You should know, Enos. Um, Osriel? No. Renee uh, Montoya. Renee Montoya, yeah. Um, she comes out of the 90s. Who, remember, has that huge run as a question there for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she started off on one of the mainstay um, animated series of the 90s, Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, we talked absolutely. about her in the previous show. We talked about car- uh, superhero cartoons. Yep. So, but yeah, so, uh, like, you know, I know that, it's funny, I know that when Tommy said we should do a show on 90s characters, he was thinking about the cheese and how bad some of them were, but when I was looking at characters created in the 90s, I was like, wow, that's not a bad character. Wow, that's not there's a bad a character. <laughs> and I was like, there's actually a lot of powerful characters. There was a lot of terribleness in the 90s. There really was. But uh, there was a lot of good, too. You just you know, had to find it. Right. It was one of those. Well, the problem with the 90s was that for every good story we got, we got too bad. <laughs> right. And we didn't even touch on stuff like the clone, the, the clone saga. Oh, my right. God. Yeah. <laughs> So, which we did and, a whole and, show and, on and previously, let, but still. And I spoke of it earlier. Let us not forget the 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 train wreck or the dumpster fire that evolved from Asbat. Yeah, Asbat. Yeah, right. We didn't we didn't talk about that, and that was another one. Like you said, Azrael was not good in the Batman. Oh my God. Nope. Well, can't and 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 you know. I didn't think you could make it any worse until the whole thing between um, Convergence and New 52 and, and Rebirth when we got the uh, Jim Gordon in that giant armored bat suit. Oh, my God. Ooh, I forgot about uh, it. Oh, yeah. Another thing that came out of the 90s, we saw the evolution of Robin. We saw the Tim Drake. Tim Drake assumed the mantle of Robin in a brand-new suit designed by Neil Adams and who became so popular. And I don't know why people are forgetting this and that forgot this and jumped on the Damian Wayne bandwagon. Tim Drake was so popular he had his own book for like about six years. Oh yeah, yeah. It, the Robin series gets it, I think Tim Drake is what gave that whole Robin book traction. So yeah, yeah with the hologram Robin one with the hologram cover. Right. Yep. So that is everything for this week. Good show. Um listeners, it is time that we have to give you a, a special announcement. Um Need to let everyone know, please, um, this is our last episode of Lost in a Long Box for FXBG Public Radio. Uh, we started this podcast in 2008, and it's been an amazing two and a half years. Uh, we'd like to thank Eric and Madden with all their help and support with our little podcast that they've been there since day one. Um, and Eric has always stated that success for any of FXBG's podcasts are successes for him and the studio. Um, we have some very big plans for 2021. And we've been given a huge opportunity with our sponsor, Gateway Comics and Toys. But with the opportunity also comes changes with the show format and material. That sadly means we're going to have to lead the FSBG studios in order to pursue those new projects. Um, so we are going to be taking a short break while we relocate the home for Lost in a Long Box. Um, but please continue to follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Lost in a Long Box. Uh, we'll still be posting there and we'll also be announcing when we start back up. Um, thank you all our dedicated listeners and we'll be back with you very, very soon. Madman, Scott, 
uh, Eric, thank you all very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank yes. you. It's been a pleasure. Indeed. Good night, everyone. Right, good, good night. And vote for strong guys.